0: Love Talk Radio. Good afternoon. It's June 13th, and this is this is Michael. We're uh, hosting a show, a couple of shows yet before the Big Sherm National Show. Although my guest today, Greg Hawks. Greg, welcome to Drive Through HR. How are you today?
1: I am fantastic, sir. Thanks so much for having me.
0: You're quite welcome. Listen, uh, before I know you're not going to be at Sherm 18 this year, but we'll still talk about that a little bit and yep. your experience there last year. Sure. Let me uh, let me do just a quick word for our sponsor, and, and then I'll I'll uh, have have you introduce yourself. So this podcast is sponsored by Clear Company. Clear Company is a full suite talent management solution that unifies recruiting, onboarding, performance management, and goal tracking all into one easy to use solution. Contact Clear Company today to see how you can create talent success. Visit clearcompany.com to learn more. And as always, much appreciation to Clear Company for sponsoring the show. So, Greg, Greg Hawks, uh, willing willing victim to come on drive HR, <laughs> much appreciated. Uh, I swear everyone in the world has to know you, but for that one person that might listen to this show someday that doesn't tell us about Greg and where you're from and what you do to get to get it
1: started. Michael, there are still several million people who don't know me, which is just tragic for me. Uh, I get to work with – well, for those of you that know me, you're like, eh, yeah, it might be all right. They're probably going to do okay without it. I get to work with organizations and companies around – Organizational culture, you know I work with uh, with ownership culture is kind of the space that I play in. I get to do a lot of speaking in company events, association events where I have a variety of messages as you know um, and but it all kind of goes back to culture, whether it's ownership or navigating rapids or balancing pace instead of balance for my marathon message or talking about thick trust. And so just helping people, what I have come to determine is I am on a mission to instigate positive work environments because people spend more of their life at work than anywhere else. So I might as well do my part to make those that, that time enjoyable. So that's what, I'm, that's what I'm about. I'm a little instigator uh, when I can. And,
0: uh, and if people are looking for you, they can find your website. is at hawksagency.com, right?
1: hawksagency.com. It is still there. And there's all kinds of good little information about me.
0: H-A-W-K-S agency.com. And then Greg is uh, also on Twitter. Uh, that's listed in the link for the show. But it's at Greg underscore Hawks, H-A-W-K-S. And Greg uh, loves to post. Uh, he travels a lot, speaks a lot. Loves to post videos and he'll interact with nearly anyone. So, very entertaining uh, <laughs> Twitter feed. <laughs> so, Except
1: for those of the restraining uh, order and those who okay. run before I get there. So, 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 the first,
0: literally the first time you and I met, I think, was at Sherm 7. No, not Sherm. Is it Sherm 7? Did we meet before you came to Q or was that when
1: we first met? I wanted to no, say no, that. we met, we, ran we ran around we, with Phil at, at the, SHRM in, NBC. NBC, NBC. the Sherm in D.C. in
0: D.C. in D.C. National in D.C. I, I guess that was 16, right? So first time we met, Greg was at, at Sherm, and, and 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 our mutual friend Phil Wilson, who actually introduced me to Greg, um, uh, is uh, one of a great the finest mentor. human
1: beings on planet Earth.
0: Uh, yes, honestly, I, I don't know I, where he is. I sent him a text about an hour ago, and he still hasn't answered me. So I'm like, I'm worried that you know he's been abducted by aliens or something. But anyway, <laughs> no, yes. Yeah, so the first time I met Greg, Greg was at at Sherm National, and I I'm I not know if that was your first time ever at at that show, but I know you were. like was. everywhere. And 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 so so before we we kind of go into back into Greg Hawks and a little bit about your work. Um, since these shows at least thematically over the last two months, I've done almost forty shows related to Sherm eighteen just coming up in Chicago.
1: Oh so, so you are a good
0: man. I know I'm 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 a I'm a I'm a content creating machine uh as far as Sherm goes this year. Um and I and I haven't written a word. Well that's not true. I posted one blog post. So so Greg, when you were when you were at Sherm, you know, as a first time attender, just just give us like a you know, a couple of impressions of what that was like for you to go there uh, for the first time and kind of what, how you coped with it.
1: <laughs> I, I coped – well, I think I coped with it all right. First of all, overwhelming. So that is the first sensation with the amount of people, the amount of messages, the options available on things to do was I think overwhelming is the best description for the national Sherm experience because I've been to several state conferences, of course, and have over the last, you know, several years. And so those are, you know, 500 to 1,000 to 1,200. This was like 15 or 18, 16,000 people or whatever, Um and i and I'm not Steve Brown, but I sure like to meet people and connect with people and so I was on a constant mission for it and so it was just like lots of stairs and elevators and escalators and outside and it was beautiful. I love d c um, and then I could get up and run early by the monuments. And then all the uh, regional, Sherry, Sherm, Diana, Nancy, Dorothy, all those, they were all hanging out in a room. You could kind of go and see them. So it, it was great. Just a lot. Yeah. Just a lot. There's just not <laughs> it's enough. Lot. There's just so many different options. It's really uh, – you can't even really prioritize. You You think you can, but then when you're there – Because literally one conversation, you know, can just disrupt your entire schedule. Because you're talking to somebody, and then they're walking. You're like, "Well, hey, I'm just going to come walk with you. This is so good." And all of a sudden, you're in an exhibitor hall, and you're talking. And the exhibitor halls are just overwhelming as well with stuff and lots of swag. And
0: it was great. (laughs) We had uh, uh, so you mentioned Phil. I was walking through the exhibitor hall with Phil, and he turned. He said to some lady oh, excuse me, because they bumped into each other, and you remember, this, he turned around, and Absolutely. it was cousin from Arizona, and neither one of them knew that the <laughs> other was at the show, so as big as it is, it's still a small world, um, and then yeah. and we had dinner later on that night, and you joined us, and you were going to go change, and when you showed up at dinner, you were in your suit, and you had literally ran from the convention center, so you were like, you looked like you just finished the marathon and you were like, <laughs> mopping your brow. <laughs> it was, you know, like, was yes. like, man, this guy never stops. I mean, so yeah, I, I remember that you had like meetings with like mean James and some other folks. So it's, it's a great opportunity to meet people and, and, uh, and connect with people that, you know, you know, planfully or unplanfully it happens both ways. And yes. I, I think I, I, yeah. So I, I've been to a bunch. So, so thanks for that. Um, I know it was. Uh, I would I say, Michael, the only busy.
1: plan, the plan people should make is not to sleep much, because sincerely, yeah. Yeah. even after the you know all the daytime stuff, all of the things happening at night, there are so many coordinated and so many you know spontaneous, you know, just to get with people and connect and stay with people as much as possible. That's really what that Sherm conference enables you to do.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm up in Chicago from Sunday to Wednesday and my 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 dance card is full on. I didn't even really try. So <laughs> it's,
1: it's, Right.
0: Anyway, hey hey so first thanks for that. Um I don't know how, I I don't know if you can do it briefly cuz I know you have like a great presentation on it. Um but <laughs> share with us the ownership value thing. I think that's a really cool message. Can you like give us the abridged version of the that? Condensed, that sure,
1: sure. Sure, sure, sure. Because I talk about it all the time. I've actually done it – the fastest I've done that message is in like 35 minutes. Though so I did do yeah. a video where I went to – you'll find this interesting. You know how I tell stories about the different houses. So I went and shot like hmm. a 25-minute video in front of each house when I was telling the story. So I've got this really tight edited, and I'm standing in front of the houses that have the stories. And so the quick five – Differences – and I do owners and renters. Like, I guess we should clarify that because sometimes people don't yeah. – when I talk about ownership, I'm talking about – because I own rent houses here in Edmond, Oklahoma, little investment properties, have for, jeez, 17, 18 years now. And so just the difference between people who own homes and people who rent homes – and again, I don't have any problem with people who rent homes. Michael, I got a disclaimer it, so people don't send you nasty emails and say, I rent a home or get ugly on Twitter yeah. – I'm happy for people who rent homes. You know, It's like I don't care. It's about work I'm talking. I'm just using that example. So the five are owners make a big deposit, renters make a small deposit, and that idea is how do you measure commitment? So many people have really unclear definitions of what commitment looks like, though they think they are. And, you know, I talk about people think time is a commitment, a good measurement, and it's just really not. Whether you've been around somewhere 20, 25 years, it could be that you just are, you know, outlast people, you can dig in, or even people that go to work, that I'm the first one in and I'm the last one out, I'm always like, well, you could just be really slow at your job. Inefficiency doesn't (laughs) equal commitment, you know, and so how you measure commitment in yourself and in your team, you know, the two go-tos that are consistent everywhere are contribution and accountability, I won't go into any of those, but so that's the first idea of what ownership looks like is uh, commit are I make a big commitment as an owner, a renter makes a small commitment, one year lease, small deposit, I do a 30 year mortgage, and 20% down. So the second one is renters um, maintain, it, it, owners are always increasing value, renters maintain and just looking for ways that we keep making the place better. When you stop trying to make things better, you sh- drift into this renter's mode of kind of blaming others and wishing others would do something about your work environment and fix this or fix that goes into that. Third uh, principle is owners reach for responsibility and renters avoid responsibility, which the, the difference in that one is um, – owners make sacrifices and fix problems they didn't create. So, you know, I tell that story where uh, there was (laughs) poop coming the wrong direction in my (laughs) dang toilets and sinks and showers, and it was just disgusting. And my tenants just deuced out and waited for me to fix it, even though I didn't have anything Mm -hmm. to do with creating it. So the idea Mm -hmm. of reaching for responsibility. And then the fourth one is that uh, renters – uh, have an ability to be exclusive where they kind of huddle themselves together and owners are inclusive. And so I see this oftentimes with any really company, even nonprofits where they get siloed in their departments, or siloed in their locations, and they or even just in hierarchy, the people at the bottom have, you know, judgment about the people that are higher up, about And so they they create – there's a natural tendency to be defensive and uninviting. This would fit really good with Phil's approachability. And then because owners, not only are they approachable, but they invite inclusion. They invite people from other departments. They're open to hearing thoughts. They don't get defensive, et cetera, et cetera. And then the fifth one is owners see the whole house. Renters see their rooms. And, again, that's kind of in a divisive way um, where – renters kind of hold up and try to protect and guard and defend and and owners see the whole they value the other departments other people most people have this idea they like uh, they're they're grateful and appreciate other departments but somehow they think theirs is just a little bit better they, they think if it weren't for us this whole place would just fall apart Like, ah, yeah. that's not true that's just not true. So work so that's kind of the renter's perspective and owners are, can can equally value all the rooms because as an owner you don't buy rooms, you buy the whole house and the mission and the vision and that's why there's a lot of to- That's where there's lots of fulfillment. And what I've been focusing on lately, Michael, is trying to help people see this message more broadly than work. It's like, man, we live in a society where people are renting their own lives. They're blaming. They're justifying mediocrity. They're making excuses for every aspect of their life. And it's just like it's a very unfulfilling way to live life. So yeah that's the quick snapshot that what do we do that in five seven minutes normally it's a sixty seventy five minutes so missing a story or two and a little bit of uh engagement, but that's the scoop. Did I lose you. Hello. Greg? Hello. Yes, sir.
0: <laughs> Hello. That, that was – <laughs> sorry about that. It was five minutes, and then apparently my phone decided to hang up on you because it had heard enough. Uh, sorry oh, about that. Uh, no, that's quite all right. One of the – so a little glitch there, one of the, one of the uh, downsides of using a live uh, – <laughs> Podcasting platform, um, but it, at least it let me come back in, and you were still here. So we still have about and 14 <laughs> minutes. <ago. laughs> so, All right. If I hang up on you again, you know, I'll let you know if I'm if I'm if I'm that disgusted. So anyway, um, the other thing, yeah, it was five minutes. It was just about five minutes. The other thing you had, the other one that you didn't mention that falls somewhere in that model that I like a lot is the vandal, which is sort of the right. random person who uh you know kind of i guess kind of deliberately tries to undermine your the renters and the owners and that's the disengaged employee i think so that i think that's a cool third concept as well
1: yeah and you know what i get this is funny because this has happened actually on several occasions where people will come up and i do talk about vandals and you know they're divisive so whether they're silent saboteurs or they're gossipers or they're directly opposing and trying to prevent people from accomplishing the vision but i've had on several occasions people from the audience come up and say what if the owner of the company is the vandal (laughs) well then that's really unfortunate you know because sometimes there's this disconnect and so they can speak they sometimes speak very negatively about some of their employees. It's the most bizarre, but it's happened seriously, consistently in different states, in different conferences where people have asked me that question. And so it just is an, because it seems like such a juxtaposition. Like they, they actually physically own the company and yet their behaviors sometimes are so harmful to the employees. It, leaves people bewildered when they're like, we're just trying to do really good. So I thought, I think that's a pretty interesting concept. So I, I love working with owners and, you know, C-suite folks who are like, hey, be mindful. Just because you have a position doesn't mean you carry a spirit of ownership.
0: Yeah, I, I worked for a guy early in my career. I worked for a guy like like that who was the owner, and, and you knew he was the mm-hmm. owner because he constantly reminded you he was the owner, and he frequently did it by using this <laughs> index finger to po- poke you in the chest while telling you I'm the owner, and it often accompanied some, uh, you know, epitaphs or epithets or whatever. Uh, so, yeah, so then that's when you become a renter at work and you get out of that job as soon as your lease is up or sooner if you can break yep. the lease, right? So, yeah, yeah, that, so, that is it. So, so you do keynoting. You keynoted at our Q conference in uh, Newport Beach last year in 2017, did it, and also mc It was uh, and if, and just just you know uh, completely independent, uh, not unpaid uh, promotion for Greg. If you guys are looking for a very entertaining and and hardworking uh, keynote, somebody that doesn't just show up and talk and then blow out the door, Greg is. Greg is that guy. He's funny. He's engaged, and he he loves to hang around with people at the conference. He makes friends, and our our group loved him. So, um, thanks. Good. For well, thank you so job. much,
1: man. I, I appreciate yeah. it. I
0: love being there. Yeah, it was cool. Um, <laughs> I, I, so so, <laughs> uh, it, you kept you kept uh, you kept calling our 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 one of our program care Pure people the wrong name. Uh, that was the only, was the only he doesn't not, he doesn't do good with things so. Uh, <laughs> I try. I try. I know. So, so our program co-chair started introducing Greg as Gary, and so we had <laughs> TJ and Gary, and that somehow morphed into it. But anyway, uh, I digress. Um, Greg, you had, um, earlier this year, um, actually in the last few months, um, you were looking, I think you had a re- rather ambitious plan to try to get, like, a hundred uh, a hundred something keynote address opportunities or uh, referrals or something like that. Uh, Can you talk about that a little bit and how it went? I thought it was a cool, uh, I know you had somebody working with you on it because I remember getting an email from her. How'd that turn out?
1: Oh, on that, it did not turn out well at all. Okay. I know what you're talking about now. It's like so funny because I've shifted gears. No, it did not turn out well at all. I was, horribly disappointed (laughs) not horribly there there was a few it came on but it was i mean like i know i was shooting for like a hundred people or that would that would give a referral to like past clients friends and all that yeah and like 10 people 10 12 10 12 people yes it was it, it didn't turn out at all so i was like okay well i lived and learned so that, that that type of outreach didn't really I, I
0: referred I referred nope. you to someone. So I was one of the ten or twelve. So I did well, I my part. I appreciate that. Thank yeah, you. Hey. You know
1: <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Go ahead. I was gonna say i am working a whole new scheme now, whole new plans that are all consuming at the moment. Okay. So the, 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 the very exciting uh, stuff. Uh, um, you, I see you at, at your
0: speaking events, because you, you, you mentioned the raft, um, and, uh-huh. and I see that you're giving away rafts or, or somebody that, that – and I don't think you speak at that many outdoors events uh, that, you know, they're, all, they're always grappling off a raft. So, so <laughs> is that, is that, I, don't, I don't get that. I've seen it on Twitter, but I don't understand the context. So what are you doing with the rafts?
1: With the rest, so I have a message called Navigate Workplace Rapids, and it kind of fits in the under the culture umbrella stuff on helping people succeed and thrive at work. But basically, that message has the components of the three elements that create rapids. So in a river, there are rapids because of one of three things. One is pressure. It doesn't have to be anything physical in the river and you can have serious rapids just because of the volume of water, the changing floor depth, the changing wall depth. And so we talk about pressure at work and how you navigate that. And then the second one is obstacles, which everybody kind of knows big rocks in the middle of the river that creates these rapids. And so really the crux of that entire message has a whole thing where they say, I love obstacles. And um, Mm. there's a whole element around that where they chant it. It's a gift I give to the people. Um, And then the third one is terrain change. And so it's huge waterfalls. And so there's big drop-offs and that creates rapids. And so we talk about those people going through change and the constant um, challenges that go along with that. And so within that message, and then there's a whole second piece that I rarely get to do that's about how you lead like a guide. Guides lead entirely different than what people think, um, you know, from a, from a, just a being at the front because they sit in the back and the way they communicate with authority right. and how they navigate. So it's a really, so all that. And so in the midst of that, I have the raft there the whole time and I can demonstrate things on it. And, and then at the end, Ooh. I just give it away. Nice. So that's, a, yeah, so very, nice. very rarely is it an outdoor event. Um, so I was in Montana. The Montana yeah. Sherm conference made, I don't know, three weeks, four weeks ago, and 90%, if not more, of the audience whitewater rafted. I was <laughs> like, this is <laughs> the best because uh, nobody, nobody else but Montana has that many rafters in the audience. So I've felt at home. I love that place.
0: I'm surprised they didn't raft to the to the hotel there but no (laughs) actually i've never been to montana so i'm 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 disparaging and generalizing about a state i've never visited so it's (laughs) beautiful it is
1: beautiful
0: man i I, i've got to get to the northwest and the upper west part of the u.s i've not been to any of that idaho montana you know any vancouver portland seattle i'm just in a little part of the country still um so we got about six minutes left um so some some fun stuff hopefully. Um, so so you uh, you you speak a lot now. I and how I I mean, <laughs> you've been keynoting for a couple of years or more, right? I mean, I, I don't know. Yes. it seems like I you had a lot of shows and a lot of events on a on a regular basis through your Twitter feed. So that's like a big part of your your life. And I guess how, I, you know you're good at it. In my opinion, I, we hired you and I thought you did a great job. So how did you, how did you get into speaking Greg? And then, you know, like just real quickly, like, how, you know, for people that don't do it that much, like what kind of tips do you have and that, that sort of thing? Cause you have a unique approach to like sharing your life while you're doing this fun stuff, I think.
1: Yeah. Well, the, I mean, the, I've had my own business now for nine years, August will be nine years that I've had this business, and in this form of it, I've been for, since 2014, January 2014, I've been on my own, and honestly, Sherm has been the primary um, conduit for growing my entire speaking business, which I've just been so grateful for. You know, I hear, I'm here in the state of Oklahoma, and so when I shifted, I did, like, Locally, before I really started focusing on keynoting, I did training. I was had a guy here I partnered with and did like subcontracting work with, and we went around the state and did some really fun, cool, relationally smart training type stuff. And then that shifted. It was grant funded, and um, so all that shifted in mid 2013. So I'm like, well, I'm going to just dig deep. And I've been speaking at our local uh, sherm conference, doing breakout sessions, meeting people. And, you know, I have a I have a really pot, good habit of inserting myself into people's lives, whether they want it or not. And so um, so I did that with a lot of people here, made lots of relationships, and they were just kind enough to say, hey, you should come and speak at our company. And, hey, we've got this annual staff event. Or, hey, we need to do some stuff, culture work. Can you come work with us? And so from there I just got in, I saw how – kind the Sherm body of people were. And I said, like, mm-hmm. I should go meet more of these people. And so I my strategy for growing was putting myself in other SHERM conferences. And so up until just this year, even I would travel as um, on my own to go to a conference, speak at a breakout. Like in a, like you're saying, you, didn't, you haven't been in a part of the world. I'm like, where haven't I been? I want to go there and experience those people and see what's happening there. And so, I've have done that the last five years, being in different um, sherm conferences, speaking at breakout sessions, but and then you know getting to do a lot of keynotes. How things have just grown from that, and so it's kind of just been. Um, kind of organic as they say it that way but it's just all the word of mouth like you're saying very kind things about me other people have been very generous and so then people can trust that I'll do a decent job and so that's kind of that's exactly how it's grown <laughs> you know it's not really a mystery it's like that is the exact path I have taken and it's just opened up lots of doors yeah, yeah and right
0: you, don't, you, you don't use an agent or anything right
1: I do not No, I have um Sarah, who I have a full-time business manager who is, who, you know, coordinates and she does business development for me. Um, but now I don't have like an agent outside that's like working with other, like in a speaker bureau or speaker yeah. agent separate from my own business.
0: Yeah. Number, number of people I know that are, you know, that are keynotes and that's really where they invest their time, you know, work with various agencies and stuff. And, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's different. And, and your, your approach, I, I think. So like when you're at an event, like at Q, you you know you share your, your pictures all the time, and you're you know you're active on your phone. And this earlier this year, when we hired another keynote to speak in Tampa, who was a musician, a guy named Brant Menswear, who also did a great job for Q. <laughs> I'm you so jealous. That, you recorded that song. <laughs> which, which, I did. I was, I was like, so okay. Much <laughs> It was yeah, I my did, wife was I dying. Was
1: like, my wife was like, you're "Never going to get another job in your life if you're going to put out on the public space."
0: Because I shared it, right? You sent it to me, and I <laughs> shared it. Like, of course you, know. you did. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and, and
0: and I was like, "Oh man, I never thought of that." No, so I, no, actually, I, I uh, it, it got laughed. In, you know, the, the the board at Q, the, our board members saw it, and some of them were like. <laughs> Hope the hope the guy you got coming in better than Hawks. he you know, is the <laughs> as far as <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, uh, of course. But but it, yeah, but like I think oh, we're gonna look. I knew we would run out of time I, on this thirty-minute show. Um, so anyway, anyway, we've got ninety seconds. So um, yeah, uh, don't dance. I know we were I, we were threatening a dance off last night. Be- I want to say hi to. Kelly Marinelli is another mutual friend. at Bill Wilson. She's uh, hopefully Kelly's listening in. I, I know she's out in Boulder. And there's a whole bunch of other people that we know, uh, mutually know. But uh, where are
1: you at next? Are you in – did I see Ohio? I'm actually going to be Sherm? in Boulder. You know what? I'm going to – I am. I get to keynote at the Ohio Sherman, do a pre-conference. I'm actually in Boulder in July with uh, the Colorado School of Banking with about really? 500 bankers. Yes, and I'm excited about that. And then I'm going to be in. It's crazy. The fir- Monday, I am in mean, Boulder, Colorado. On Thursday, yeah. I'm in Sandestin, Florida. Of that exact same week, I was like, this nice. is the best week, <laughs> yeah, of, <laughs> of all. So I, I told my wife, do you want to go to the beach? Or do you want to go to the mountains? So she's. We're going in early to Colorado, and we're going to run around some mountains for a few days. I think we're going to go to Estes Park, oh.
0: and
1: yeah, so uh, it should be a lot of fun. Yeah. Watch out for the
0: watch out for the moose and the bear at the at the uh, Safeway store in Estes uh, Park because they visit the parking lot to eat out of the dumpsters. Um, I guess they're not. You know. <laughs> anyway, Greg, thanks for thanks for being on Drive Through. We're about to run out of time. I appreciate you doing this, man.
1: Absolutely, it's just not enough time, man. I'm so sorry. I wish I could sorry, talk back. Yeah,
0: schedule an hour next time. <laughs> talk to you soon. Take care. Bye. Okay. Thanks. Bye.